Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a brand new guest. Her name is Nicole Kalidis. Did I pronounce your surname correctly, Nicole? You did. Hello, Lynn. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, I was excited to introduce Nicole today and get to know Nicole because she's very aligned with the work that I do. And when I see her posts, I always think that's exactly what I would write myself. So I was very keen to invite her on the show today. And today we're going to be talking about why we end up in toxic relationships. But before we actually get into that, I'd like to invite Nicole just to tell us a little bit about herself and what got her into doing what she's doing today? Oh, that's a very interesting question. So I was one of my clients. <laughs> I was exactly there and I came from uh, an abusive childhood and traumatic childhood. And I experienced toxic relationship full on. <laughs> so I was there scratching my head and not understanding what, what, what was wrong? Why could I not have the relationships I wanted? And it sent me off on a trip of discovery, of self-discovery mainly, and, and unraveling how to get to where I wanted to be. And that's where I am now, today, in my relationships, all of them, because I believe that how you do one relationship, you do all of them. Um, that's how basically I got here in doing and helping others to heal their own patterns and relationships. I think that's probably how the majority of us got here. We used to be, like you say, uh, a version of who the clients we are attracting today are and and can empathise, obviously, with exactly what they're going through. So to start off with then, why do we end up in toxic relationships? How would you answer that question Nicole because off there we we had a little bit of a discussion around this and I thought your insights were very valuable. I personally believe that um, a relationship is the combination of two people coming together and the moment you realize you're part of the equation and you take responsibility for what your share is into keeping this toxic pattern alive that's the moment you can actually change things and Of course, it doesn't always end up with the same person you started your realization process because sometimes the other person doesn't wake up to this uh, at the same time as you, but you can take ownership and responsibility for your share and you can move on into happier relationships if you choose to. I agree 100% because I feel that quite often, especially, it's quite difficult to look at ourselves in the equation and, and it's very easy, isn't it? to point the finger at the other person and say, it's him, it's him, or it's her, it's her, you know, it, yeah. he does this, she does that, and um, totally put That's the responsibility and the, and the blame on our partners when actually, how often do we actually think about, well, actually, what's my part in this? How have I contributed to this situation being what it is? 
yeah, it's it's so much easier to just blame the other person. And it's so much easier to say, hey, it's you. Look at what you are doing. But somehow on a level, we're always enabling things. So there is always a yin and a yang in every situation. So where I come in is showing people where their part of the equation is. And once you know what your contribution to that situation is, which can sometimes just be allowing it to happen and just staying put where you are instead of getting out of the situation and understanding what attracted you to that person in the first place. Even just that is owning your share, your responsibility. It's not blaming yourself for, oh, uh, it's not blame the victim. It's not blaming the victim. And it's not blaming the other person. It's just owning what our share into this situation is because there is always a contribution from our side too. Yeah. So I think it'd be helpful for the audience if we give some examples of that. So in your case, what do you think you were doing to contribute and, you know, how were you taking responsibility? Now you can think about it in hindsight for your part that you played in your situation or situations. I see that the common scenario for what I was and what I see in my clients is always the same story. There was a huge lack of self-love. I didn't love myself. I didn't even know how to love myself. So I was basically begging others to love me because I didn't have love for myself. So the result was that my boundaries were very low and my standards were very low of what I would accept in a relationship of any sorts, like friendships, family, um, romantic it didn't even matter what kind of aspect that was but it was always the same theme so I was never really fully um, received and taken care of and loved for who I was because I didn't do that for myself in the first place so the moment you start accepting yourself and loving yourself and learning to love yourself because that's a process by itself um, that's the moment you can actually have valuable relationships in your life because the people you will attract to you are on the same page they are aligned to you at all times even when they are toxic relationships you align with that person because you are in that frequency you are in that exact pattern as them just in a different way but we're in a mirror situation there is always a mirroring happening yeah absolutely and um it's interesting, isn't it? Once we get on this personal development journey and start learning these things, we think, oh, my gosh, my, you know, um, really, uh, am I responsible for this? And yes, we are. And, and there's no need to beat yourself up if you recognize that this may be you currently, you know, because we don't know what we don't know until we do, do we? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's very important that we acknowledge where we are at so we can change things. But if we just refuse to see where we're at and we keep shifting the blame outside of us, we never get to see that. We never get to grow and get out of that situation because our focus is on others and we just keep repeating, attracting the same people over and over and over again. I feel it's very important. Uh, you know, one thing you mentioned was, um, you know, the lack of self-love. So we're looking for, um, you know, love from others rather than looking from it internally within ourselves and it's an important point to stress you know that if you are somebody that recognizes that you're looking for that external validation all the time 
then it's showing that that's not what you're giving to yourself first and foremost isn't it exactly that and that's a very that's a big thing that most people need working on uh, like we base all of our worth on what others feel perceive and project onto us but the truth is that the person that knows you best is you if you take the time to if you take the care and the focus to get to know yourself and most people are not even aware, aware of how to actually learn who they are understand who they are because that's not something that we are taught isn't it we just we just carry on we just do things we just keep going keep moving without any awareness of ourselves so we keep on falling because we're blind we're blinded yeah and then this is one of life's lessons isn't it that we actually grow to um learn because you quite rightly said we're not educated around this stuff we're not parented about this stuff and uh, even good parents don't necessarily know how to teach how no. they got their good relationship, <laughs> let alone if you've been um, unfortunate enough to be in a, a dysfunctional family or toxic family growing up. Majority of families have got some level of dysfunction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even the best families have got a level of dysfunction. And that's because it's ancestral. And we've got many, many generations that didn't have the tools that we have got today. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have all the knowledge that is just at the tip of our fingers right now. And they just repeated the cycles that were familiar because they said, hey, I'm here after all. You know, I got beaten all of my childhood, but I'm here. I'm all good. Uh, Are you really? So (laughs) the the thing is that you're not aware and, you know, you can't change what you're not aware of. Absolutely. And it's unfortunate, actually, that it's not part of the school curriculum to learn about this stuff, is it? You know, um, you know, these valuable life skills around relationships and how to, you know, uh, look at yourself and understand yourself and how you can recognize whether you're in a place of lack or feeling undervalued on, or unworthy or, or not enough and how to address these things is such an important piece of information to enable us to have healthy relationships and yet it's nothing uh, you know that's addressed in our current education system is it unfortunately the system is not designed for this kind of growth and that's a very hard pill to swallow because um, our system is designed to keep us in that situation because there is so much that comes with it. You know, the lack of self-love and self-worth is a spiral that causes people to go to go in coping mechanisms. And that's exactly what keeps the system alive itself. And that's hard to swallow because the truth is that if things uh, really were to be addressed, everything would be completely different from what we know today. Mm-hmm. Like think about all the addictions where do addictions come from it all stems from a lack of self-love and a lack of self-worth and it all stems from the fact that parents were not taught how to parent children and and that stems from their parents not being taught how to be parents to their children so it's a big cycle that keeps repeating itself and we just kind of put a plaster on a bleeding wound expecting it to heal but 
is it really going to heal? Like it's a plaster. That's an mm. open wound. That person's going to bleed out with that plaster alone. You need to fix what is not right. And our system is not designed for that. I also think it's important to understand that if you were brought up in a dysfunctional or toxic um, family atmosphere, or if you had, um, you know, unhealthy toxic relationships in the past, to um, forgive those people, you know, they they knew no better, the same as you knew no better until you know you started to research and get the knowledge that you're getting from podcast shows like this one, for example. Forgiveness is a huge part of the process because, as you said, there they didn't know any better. It's not their fault. And it's just a repeated cycle that we came here to break. This is our purpose here. And even if we've been through really bad experiences, there are many blessings and lessons on the back of those experiences that have made us who we are today. So there is always something to be grateful for, no matter how bad your history, isn't there? Absolutely. And... Personally, I feel that um, the person I have become is because of the horrible experiences I've lived. And that's not just me. Uh, A lot of people that have had even worse uh, childhood trauma uh, have been able to become amazing human beings because they took the lessons and they didn't just stay in their I'm a victim um, state they decided to make something out of their pain and they transmuted their their pain into something beautiful. So I feel that it's always, there is always, as you said, something to be grateful for. There is really is, there really is a big, big blessing in disguise every time we are hurt. We just need to look and see. Yeah, and I feel that every time we're hurt, it's just flagging up something that needs to be healed, isn't it? I feel pain is not our enemy. You know, there is a huge thing about society, about being, oh, you don't need to be in pain. So get painkillers. Uh, you, you're not allowed to be in pain ever, basically. Um, pain is horrible. It's not something that you can handle. You need something to fix that. Um, but the truth is pain is our friend because it actually shows us where we need to look into. It's like a big red flag that our body shows up and says, hey, you need to pay attention now because I'm not letting you get away with it. Yeah. You need to pay attention. I mean, one of the things that I uh, regularly talk about is that, you know, pain is inevitable because like we just said, you know, it, it does flag up what needs healing. Suffering is not, though. You don't need to, like you said earlier, remain in victim mode and, uh, you know, get into that woe is me, poor old me, and have a pity party right throughout your life um, and wallow in it. You know, you're allowed to. You're allowed to. It's your choice at the end of the day. You can't stay there and just feel sorry for yourself all of your life. But is it worth it? Is it serving you well? Is it is it fun? Probably there is a part of you that probably enjoys that because it's something familiar. But at the same time, is it really going to make you happy long term? Or is it worth getting out of that comfortable spot where you got in and say, hey, maybe I want something better for myself? Maybe I do deserve something better for myself. Maybe I can actually change things around because others did. So why not me? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So if you um, get a client that you recognize is in this particular pattern of behavior where they are um, operating from a lack of self-worth, self-love and uh, not feeling valued or enough, what, what's the first thing you do as a, maybe that you can share as a simple exercise to the audience as to how to address that initially? So if they're in sa- lack of self-worth and lack of self-love, I let them meet their inner child. I guide them into a meditation and I guide them to meet their inner child. And to give themselves what they were not able to receive as children. Because the moment we continue uh, forcing ourselves in not needing anything, that's a very toxic thing to do, by the way. It's a denial of our own needs, our unmet needs. That's the moment we drift away from self-love. Because every time we deny aspects of ourselves, that's exactly the opposite of self-love. So the moment you actually own every aspect of you and you accept those exactly as they are, that's the moment you start healing. So without that specific start, you cannot start loving yourself. It's all gaslighting yourself into, oh, yes, I love myself now. No, you don't, unless you really face what your needs are, your wounds are, where you actually have felt that no one loved you, where you felt abandoned, betrayed, rejected, uh, unseen, uh, where you received injustice, all those things need addressing and you need to just face them as they are right now without having to fix them. But acceptance is the first part. The first part of loving yourself is acceptance. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad that the majority of people um, actually experience this lack of self-love. I don't even know that they're actually living in that state. And you can sort of see that they are by the way they speak and the way they behave. But unless, like you say, people accept that that is the issue to start with, then um, they're not going to progress, are they? No, no, it's, I feel that, you know, it's always a choice. Life is always a choice in every aspect of it. And I feel that the pain we did not heal is the pain we transmit. We transmit the pain to others. So we inevitably become the abuser and the victim over and over and over again until we actually have the courage to embrace our human fallibility and human imperfection and accept ourselves as we are right now in this very moment, wounded and all, scars and all, everything as it is. And that's the beginning of the process of healing. And I think there's a, a common phrase that's used repeatedly quite that, that quite seems to be in vogue at the minute that isn't that, uh, you know, it's, it's hurt people that hurt people, but it's, it's, it's such a true statement, isn't it? It is. And this is why I said that pain is, is transmitted. It's literally like we're passing on a virus. And it, it really is because what we don't heal in ourselves, we keep giving to others because we are not even aware of what we're doing. And we're just repeating um, toxic behaviors 
without even realizing. And it's so sad because it's something that we can actually fix. It is something that we can actually fix. And some people listening to this might think, you know, well, you know, um, if I look in the mirror and say, I love myself, it's, it's not going to be said with any conviction because I know deep down I'm not at that stage yet. So what do you say to that, Nicole? I was that person and I felt so fake looking at myself in the mirror and looking at myself in the mirror and saying, I love you. I was like, yeah, this is not true. <laughs> there was a part, there was this voice inside of my head that was saying, yeah, this is a lie. This is a big fat lie. Stop it. And that's how I did to learn to love myself. I felt I closed my eyes and I focused on somebody that I truly, deeply, immensely loved. And I felt that love growing in my chest, in my heart, expanding. And I felt that love really deeply. And then as I saw that love growing in me, I pointed it instead of that person, I pointed it back to me. I can remember and that's how I felt love. I felt love for the first time for myself. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I can remember doing a similar exercise whereby I couldn't actually look at my adult self, but I could imagine my child self and love that little girl. You know, whether that was imagining her in my head or looking in the mirror and seeing her in my mind and, and seeing her reflected at, back at me or, or a picture you know, that I had of myself as a little girl, I could look at that little girl and knowing that's me was how I started my journey of self-love was, um, you know, learning to love that little girl to start with. You know, when I said at the start that I let my clients meet their inner child, that's part of the exercise hmm. to hug the little girl or the little boy that we once were and, and embracing embracing that little person that we once were like we have not received when we were little because that's where everything stems from we were not loved the way we needed to be loved and we were not able to express how to be loved back then and now we are yeah and now we are and I feel that even as I say uh, you, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself um you know, initially it's not going to be said with any conviction. Practice makes perfect. And after a while, you know, once you keep repeating these exercises, it gets easier and easier. Like with anything we learn for the first time, you know, it gets to a point where it becomes automatic that you can tap into that love for yourself, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it becomes just a natural state of being. Yeah. You just love yourself. I couldn't stand my own voice, for example. I couldn't stand my own face. Uh, I hated looking at pictures of myself. I hated seeing myself in the mirror. I couldn't stand myself, honestly. I couldn't. I, I was so full of shame about myself that, you know, I was everything um, I didn't want to be. And I felt unlovable and I felt guilty of imperfections and I felt that I was not really good enough to be loved by anybody. And this is why I was not loved as I wanted to. But the truth is that the moment I started giving myself what I needed is the moment where people actually started loving me for who I am. So 
that's exactly how it goes. And this is how you go from toxic patterns and toxic relationships to actually healthy relationships because you are healthy. So you spot Im immediately when somebody isn't on the same page as you and you're able to walk away safely before you actually get hurt again. Yeah, because our, all our relationships are a reflection of, of how we are, are um, treating ourselves, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. It all stems from there. If you actually do care about yourself and you treat yourself like a person you truly love, then would you date a person that is not aligned to what you want in life? Would you date somebody that's got serious issues of addictions or that beats you up or that does anything bad to you, that cheats on you or, you know, that doesn't treat you the way you feel you deserve to be treated? You know, you wouldn't. You wouldn't allow that in your life because you take care of yourself. And also... Loving yourself. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. There's a bit of overlap there. Um, yeah, and also um, I feel it's very important to, to know this information because if we're not aware, we can't address it. And that's why we do what we do, don't we, Nicole? We, we do what we do because people aren't aware of this very valuable information and therefore keep um, not understanding why they are attracting the same person but in a different body <laughs> and, and repeating the same patterns that they always repeated in previous relationships. Absolutely, because it's in them the only common denominator between all of their relationships is them. And the moment they discover this is the moment they can actually act on it and they can actually change things because they've got the power to change themselves. They can't change others, but they can change themselves. And that's the key to transformation. And also upon changing ourselves, because a lot of the times we think it's the, it's the other person, like we said at the start, it's them, it's them, it's them. Whereas if we start to actually think to ourselves, actually, let's see how I can take responsibility for this and start addressing what I need to change within ourselves. What, what happens then is something quite magical because once we change ourselves, then we start seeing that that inspires other people external to us to change as well for the better. So it, it, then we stop blaming them for being X, Y, and Z because their behavior changes for the better because you've changed yours. It's a butterfly effect. It's a ripple effect. And even if it was not that same person, because sometimes people are really stuck in their own unawareness and you yeah. cannot change them. Even if you change they are not able to receive you. So it's not always the case that the other person will actually change accordingly. It depends okay. on them. It's always their choice. But at the end of the day, if that person isn't going to respond to you and isn't going to change and isn't going to adapt to the new person that you're becoming and starts changing his behavior or her behavior around you, then it's still your choice at the end of the day to actually find your tribe, the people that will be able to welcome you and will be able to love you the way you deserve and need to be loved and they will actually be part of your life in a positive healthy and really fulfilling way 
yeah, I always say relationships are either here for um, a reason, a season or a lifetime, you know, and we're always all evolving because like you rightly said, you know, your partner isn't necessarily going to be inspired to change for the better. But if they don't, then you, it's your choice again, whether to leave that relationship because you've outgrown it or stay. Absolutely. And it's always about responsibility. We always have responsibility towards ourselves and our lives. That's that's the ugly truth. So if your life never changes, it's your responsibility and your decision to change it. Nobody else can do that for you. You can't expect others to change and you to stay put where you are. It's never going to happen. Wise, wise words. Thank you so much, Nicole. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap the episode up? I'd like to say that everyone has got the chance and the possibilities today to become the best version of themselves and have amazing, truly, deeply connected and intimate and beautiful relationships. It's all there for you. Just believe it because it's there. Abundance is real. You just need to have the courage to go and get it. Fabulous. Love that. So for the benefit of the audience, how can they best connect with you? What's your best connect information that you can share with them today? I am both on um, Facebook and Instagram. I am not very active on Instagram, though. So you will find me on Facebook. My contact on Facebook is Nicole K. Kalidis um, with a K, uh, K-E-L-L-I-D-I-S. And you can find me or on my page or otherwise on my personal profile. I'm more than happy to connect. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's been a fascinating conversation and all your insights and wisdom and personal shares have been very, very, very very helpful, I'm sure, to the audience today. So thank you so much for coming here on the show. Thank you so much, Lynn, for inviting me and having me. I really appreciate that. I wish you a great day. (laughs) And yourself too. So on that note, I'll close with my usual thoughts in that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.